0: It's the Behind the Dish podcast with right. John Buck. We're live. Which, dude, I like. I like your backdrop better than mine. No, That's well, that's legit. Like everybody has a, like a <laughs> like try to have some cool like their books they've read or whatever on the back. You're just like this is what I'm about. Yes, a, I like it. The dungeon. I like it. Well, uh, one uh, you hear about. Well, I think the first time I heard about you, uh, I had a picture of mine uh, come through. Um, I think he just got certified with you. Uh, but anyways, he, he was talking about, because I went around the ABCA. Um, also, too, I, I grew up in the baseball academy. If you know Bob Kyes, do you know Bob Kies? Bio bi- Biokinetics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah, throw yeah, with
1: Bob, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, I, Oh, she's all right for right now. She might, she might get up and go. So I, I like, I have a, a decent eye for like well, connect, the way things, people are moving. I'm way into training. I like functional movements, how the body works. And that's why I'm, I'm here talking to you. Cause one the success you guys have been having one pitchers that I know and trust talking about you guys. And, and then, Know the knowledge that you're spitting out, whether it's on your Instagram or or ways that I've seen you or material or whatnot, or feedback from players. Um, and then and then have people that it's Artsma boom, David Artsma. Right? Is he is David Artsma a top velocity guy, right?
1: Yeah, so David has partnered up with me on what we call Top Velocity Pro, which is right now like going into uh pitch analytics and analysis for guys through pitch analytics or like pitch development yeah yeah How to do stuff like that um, but we're also the goal is to build a separate facility and just focus on conforming the top V top B methods um, to pro organizations so okay. that's a big picture for us because that's been a huge challenge
0: yeah um, yeah is that because the players, that players come to come you, come to you come they get used to your kind of your protocol your, your methods, your training, and then they go to a team and it's it's running, right? And that's kinda because I've had that same thing with the coach. I think that's where I know you guys have athletes now all the way through up, right? Which creates new challenges like what you you've brought up. So I think uh
1: Well I, did, I think we're more popular at the college level than yeah. than the, obviously than the pro level. And I think the reason is is because, well I don't think a lot of guys at the pro level are thinking like real, almost redevelopment, like rebuilding, which is really yeah, okay.
0: yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. We're like
1: a chop shop for, uh, for pitchers, you know, like <laughs> come in and we're like, yeah, you got major problems. Let's overhaul this, you know. So I don't. I think at the, the professional level, I, I think there's a lot of anxiety to do that to those guys, and that's why I don't think we do as well with those guys. But that's why doing this with David, doing Top V Pro, and building something a little bit less um kind of invasive like in the training. Obviously the results might not, might not won't be as good, but but yeah. it will give them a better less anxiety going, hey, you can go in here and and there's things that are obviously our organization would be comfortable with and, and this this would I can see this fitting. I feel a little more comfortable. I think that's what you have to do with the pro guys and I think that's that's the challenge.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So uh, what uh how long ago did you start top velocity?
1: when was that when did uh, that started in 2007 i was uh, i was building the foundation of it through my career because i did it for myself and you know i guess since i got injured in 1995 I i was i was on this new journey taking in as much science as i could and really trying to find a better way but there got to a point when I got into pro ball and playing indie ball in, in San Diego it was about 2004 to 2006. I, I started building really putting this down and, and even helping guys with it. And then in 2007, it became kind of official. I did, I did the whole, uh, brand and, and started to put the products together, the programs together and really promote it. So,
0: huh. well, you, like I said, the people that I keep running into and stuff that hear about good things. And then, so which made me, All right. I knew I know the stuff kind of what like I said, I ran into David. I think he had like a hotel. We were at some players union thing and he's doing this stuff. I'm like, where are you getting that? Because it's like functional movement within lift, you know, a very specific things for our movements that we want to create with our body. So he started spitting this game of top velocity. I was going to get certified. I'm like, well, what do you need to get certified for? So I looked into it a little more and realized the science that you said you would put into that. So if you could go off on maybe that when when I turn you loose again, and then uh, uh, how much I really like the living aspect of what you got going on there. Uh, And how much in that living are you doing mental skills part of it? You know, and, and does that go into your training? So I'll leave it with those kind of that two part because it's kind of your training, the science, and then also the hows. I, whether it's just a cool thing, and maybe I see so much more to it, because lens, or maybe you all have it. I don't, I don't know. So
1: well, David's a great uh, representation of what top velocity is um, for a career. You know, David came to us already having great success in his big league career. And he was really broken down. He was, he was thank broken thank down. you.
0: Thank you. For that. <laughs> he was no, I, I was in there catching him, so I figured, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. We, we both take uh, – yeah, that he, helps both our ego. Yeah. <laughs> could
1: catching him. His, his, the, the rise on his fastball was ridiculous. I thought yeah, it, was it was
0: kind, kind of funky. funky.
1: Every time I caught
0: him. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but he, it really – He really was a great example of it because the guy has a crazy work ethic. And so you get this guy who has all this experience, crazy work ethic, and he's just broken down. And those are the most fun because it's like, hey, if I just put this guy back together, this will be fun. Right. So and then, he, you know, he's going to do the work. And a lot of this is just a grind. So a lot of it with the young kids, it's like, hey, this is how it works. But there's not a good chance you're going to even have the disciplines to do this. And that's our challenge. But when you get someone like David, you're like, oh, you know, he's going to do it. And then you—it's like you know, it's almost guaranteed it's going to work at that point. And so he—he's a great example of it. And he went through the rigors of it. He—he he reaped all these great benefits from it late in his career. But as far as like you know, jumping into the mental aspects so it, like I mean, I—I I, I know my lane, and my lane is biomechanics. It's something I obsessed about because I tore my rotator cuff. I knew mm-hmm. if I don't physically and biomechanically understand how to survive this and and peak in this, I'm never going to make it. And I had already torn my rotator cuff. So yeah. It became this this focus and this obsession with biomechanics and athleticism and peaking performance on the mound through elite biomechanics and obsessively studying it and applying it to myself. So that's where the passion was, putting it into myself so I could reap the rewards, which I did. And yeah. then and you're realizing, okay, I'm not, you know, I got this in, I got this back, this Torn Richard back at 26, 27. I don't think I'm going to be a big leaguer at this point, right? So what can I do to help others? And, you know, I come from a long line of, teachers and coaches. My grandfather was a famous football coach. And so I had this legacy and, and I knew I needed to jump into the coaching side of it. So when I jumped in the coaching side of it, it I, that was the lane. It was, it was, Hey, how can I teach these guys to optimize their biomechanical abilities and really revolutionize the game? And I believe that's what we've been doing. And and the mental side of it is, is all in there. It's, it's like, it's built all in there in many different ways. I know when you get into another lane, like in, more in season bullpen work, the middle game shifts, shifts. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's all in here. It's just obviously at the end of the day, when not say-
0: packaged up that. that yeah. Yeah. I, a lot. The reason I saw you having, cause you have a program where people can come out stay with you yeah. kind of get the full gamut of kind of engulfing into this. Uh, and I just, I envisioned like you showing when I say mental game, like right. what's your, how do you prep your day? How do you go about your diets? How do you go about your training? You know how how do you set up for goals that you obviously have these goals the proper way? Like, all right, I want to throw ninety eight now. That's a very feasible goal because I throw ninety right now, and with the numbers you guys are bringing out, you're going to be able to get that. Like, do you structure all that? Because I I feel like you're teaching them to do like an off season workout, which I kind of like. Like prepare yourself because this is going to happen. So I thought that's why I thought the the housing component was pretty cool
1: huge yeah so we have housing we have four houses right now that house all their athletes they fill up immediately right before summer's our biggest time um mainly because like i said we're more college and but that's essential because this is this is really built on an off-season environment it takes you into preseason and season but that's just how do we maintain all this great work all this great programming and then the programming goes in you just wouldn't want to you wouldn't. I mean, it just makes it works better if you're doing velocity development in an off season period, as opposed to trying to do this in season. you It just. It doesn't work well that way. This needs yeah. to be off season, and then pre-season. and <clears throat> so that's why. That's really what top velocity represents. But we still have, you know, in season training. But this is this is the chunk of time we need in your off season to really. So know. here's
0: a prime. This is a prime time in that season of a college kid that, you should be getting. You should yeah, and it.
1: the problem is the game needs to understand that and so you're also i'm, I'm also battling the conventional wisdom that says no
0: we oh, go- old school
1: man it's this yeah. old school guy we go in season preseason in season preseason we don't have time for all season i'm like okay well then you don't have time to be great <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I, yeah I, I i definitely i was trying to do two different things my body you know and i think we're I had an understanding of my body. I had a gymnastics background. I had an idea with my dad being a physician, uh, being around the medical people. I've been around my uncle being, uh, you know, NFL, did ballet to make functional movement with at the University of Nebraska. Like I knew that there was a functional way to be able to train my body differently to create power, how were certain movements and then how to kind of biokinetically put that together, which I said, luckily I grew up around Bob. So to be able to put those two knowledges be like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm feeling what making what I'm seeing on that video right there. And then I can start to play with it there. It just gave me a very acute like window to be able to try to, whether it's my cleans, whatever it's, I was able to operate in my mind in a, in a, That's why I say bring up the mental part of it is that it's it's all triggered the same thing, you know?
1: Yeah, I just think if you get too anecdotal in the sport, you know, (laughs) too much based on your experience, everything is an adaption. So so what you're doing now, you're not really going to see how well it truly works until maybe two weeks later, maybe even more. So if you're too, like, anecdotal, then you're like, okay, let's try this. And then you're going to wait for two weeks, but then you might actually change it or you get sidetracked. And so you don't really know. So that's why taking it more into evidence and and reading these studies, thousands of pictures. And that's that's what I've done obsessively. And I've got a master's in kinesiology Mm -hmm. and you're looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, this there's a good chance this works. So I don't need to wait to see trial and error. Did it work? I don't have to do this waiting or testing it out, reinventing the wheel. It works. So yeah. it principles and expect it to happen. And if you don't apply the principles well, you can't expect it to happen. And if you don't stay on this path and understand that there's steps to building this peak performance and you got to believe in those steps and understand those steps and really believe in the physics that they will work. At the end
0: of this tunnel, I'm, I'm bringing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, so and I'll happens,
1: understand why, right? Right. So what happens is you start, you know, you came in at 92, you start throwing 98. And it's two months later, three months later, four months later, whatever it takes, everybody adapts differently. Then you don't, you don't get surprised. You're like, well, it, you just feel it's confirmation. It's confirmation you you gold checked, it. yeah, Applied it correctly. Yeah. And the problem is, there's too many people in this game, anecdotally going, well, I'm not going to believe it until you know I can put my little creativity into it and 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 it had, go through the experience. And it's like the problem is this is a young man's game. So a lot of these minds that are coming in, and, you know, doing this anecdotally they don't have real experience to make this work for them that way. So a lot yeah. of guys are just chasing programs and, and not yeah. really um, on good paths and, and, and I, I'm missing op- great opportunities to just go, Hey, this has already been proven. Just get on the system, put the work in and focus on playing and focus on, you know, opportunities. Don't focus on, you know, testing all this stuff out. That's already been proven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So how, how would you, so when they come to top velocity, how would you, how would you describe it? So my overall experience, my boxed up. Perfect. I'm interested. Okay. I got a, a kid coming into college. I look you up. How does, how does this go down? What, what would be ideal?
1: Yeah. So it's going to be very different from being in a clubhouse. It's going to be very different from being in season on a team. It just has yeah. a different in here. It's because this is more, this is a gym at the end of the day. So the feelings you get in gym, competitive gyms, like I'm a, I am love Olympic lifting. I, I did not Olympic lift, but I obviously trained with it. And that's a foundation of top velocity. But if you go into an Olympic training gym, it's the same kind of feeling. It's all these athletes optimizing their abilities to get to peak levels. And then, so the point is when you're here, it's not going to feel the same as like your typical like feelings and the things that you probably love about baseball. It's going to be different. It's, it's, it's a gym. It's, it's where you come into work. So you can go to the game, the season and have fun, um, yeah. the, the grind in here. So then you go out and all of a sudden all these opportunities are there because you're at a higher level and then you can enjoy the game. But I think that's the challenge. is You got to come in here and not expect that this is baseball. I walk in with my glove and I got my cleats yeah. on. Yeah. They, yeah, they come yeah. in with their glove and their cleats. And I'm just like, guys, like this is a grind. Get, like you're about to sweat. You're gonna yeah. you throw your shirt off. We're in Louisiana. Where's your,
0: where's, yeah, where's your yoga mat, bro? You got an hour of of mobility for yeah. sucker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it's just I, that's the feeling in here. It's like this, this is where you come in to build your potential to play at a peak level. And when you get out of here, you get to go back into that baseball experience, but it's different here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what what do you mean different? Like, what's what what makes it different? Like, why, why are you turning out these numbers? That's what really everybody wants. Like, how are you turning it out? What's Because what I've heard is you there's a process, and trusting that process without giving up, you know, secrets or details what makes that plate go in there special. Like, what are the areas that are, like, the, the cornerstones of, of kind of what you build and create there out of an athlete?
1: So everything, the way we understand – how the athletes work and how they work as pitchers is there's, there's components, right? So mm-hmm. you got to understand that there's a, there's a whole level of mobility to your abilities. There's a whole level of strength to your abilities. There's a level of speed, power, biomechanics, mentality. like So when you come into this environment, you start learning these chunks and you start separating from the game to more understand, be more self-aware of who you are as an athlete and how you stack up and how you measure up as we e-value and how that converts to the skill and and the movements and the biomechanics. And you start understanding these parts that you've never really looked at this in depth. And then you start becoming more self-aware. Like more than likely, you're going to be like, wow, I suck. I had no idea.
0: (laughs) I'm sure I'm shortchanging myself with with this or what I could get out of my body. Yeah.
1: Right. Like just imagine if I would have understood it, When I was eight, like this, how much better that all those things start happening to you because you're becoming more self-aware. Because it's it's, in here. It's not like hey, like it's not baseball. Like we're not hitting or hitting fungos and doing what we do on the football field. You know, it's it's we're in here to become more self-aware of our bodies, develop the you know use the science, build a better uh, a better pitcher, performance-wise pitcher that, that produces better velocities, better ball metrics. Um, you know, and so it take so it can take you to another level. Cause all we're doing is trying to build opportunity. So the yeah. guys come in here, it's like a car, the car drives in here. We tear it apart. You go, this isn't going to work. We need to upgrade this. We need to put this here. All right, get back out there like a pit crew. And then now all of a sudden it's performing at another level. Now we can win the race. Now I can go into another, a league. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And so that's why I said, it's kind of like a chop shop. And it's really where, where you become the more become more self-aware of your abilities and because that those abilities is what creates the levels that you're at and allows you to go oh man no wonder i'm at this level because i'm measuring here and this is who i am and yeah i want to get here i've got to build that to there and then you go out to the game and all of a sudden you scout see it and they're like man this kid deserves to be at that level
0: what um what like to help you evaluate what uh what data or analysis are you using like to track all that stuff like what are What tech are you using to measure? So a lot. I mean, I guess we're talking going from range of motion to lifting because you just covered a gamut, flexibility, mobility, but also what to create that foot engagement, pounds per square inch going into the ground to evaluate spin, backspin of a ball or finger force like I'm there with you with all of that. Like how – what, are, what numbers, what technology do you use to help you kind of get those exact numbers? Because you're, 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 having, you're having success of 10 miles an hour, so there's some because the knowledge is there, but I think like you said, it's your system that's, what, that's working.
1: You got to evaluate with tech um, outside of training and you got to evaluate inside of training. Evaluation outside of training is um, kind of measuring where you are in the process. Measuring inside of training is where you're in the process, but in the moment where you can make an adjustment. So it's like they're doing the same thing, but you got to, the measuring outside of training is for long term adjustments. Like, oh, I'm here in two months, I want to be here. Right. So I got to keep measuring to see that progress. Or if I'm inside training with tech measuring, I go, wow, that throw, I was here. And because of these measurements, now next throw, let's make a quick adjustment. Now I me to here. So, the tech we use is we use like biomechanical tech. We use like yeah, yeah. Measure. we measure biomechanical movements. You know, outside of you know, on in a long term evaluation, looking down the road, we're looking at how well am I sequencing the kinetic chain, right? Mm-hmm. Like w- where is the real dysfunction there? Am I pulling early? Am I not allowing my lower half to finish build power before I d- uh, deliver my upper half? So how well am I sequencing that? Wow, I got some big problems there. Now if I'm in training with that same tech it might give me something to go, hey, like my shoulders need to close maybe another 10 degrees or let me see if I can get my shoulders close another 10 degrees or if I can get my, um, you know, my front leg to, to, st- to block up or stabilize better. So, I mean, you know, we can use that long-term assessments, short-term assessments. Uh, I also use like typical, like goniometers to measure mobility. Okay. Um, you know, we we do, you know, obviously spend data stuff because it, it, that all connects to the biomechanics. We've got this cool thing that does force place readings that'll give you how hard you're applying force oh, yeah. out, you're selling your center of mass i mean here's the challenge today we're measuring everything and data is everywhere but if you don't understand what it means
0: yeah
1: where where it needs to be yeah and what's the, the peak level then it, it doesn't really apply well for you
0: yeah yeah it, which i think is what i guess why the the process or your process is kind of key to the whole thing is is knowing how to connect and not understanding how and, and one understanding started to know where you can make those educated adjustments like you said that's on the but working in that 10 percent. because i know like when i've used this technology whether it's to shorten up my throws or whatever there's a feel that goes on in my body that's not translate and when i'm able to measure it and do it i'm like all right this is what i'm feeling in my body when that dude's saying yeah good job with your right knee like, yeah so I think that's how I've found it uh, beneficial. Where I become like I learn how to use that measurement to learn my body. Does yeah, that but, make uh, sense uh, too? I'm, I'm yeah, sure you're right, but that from athletes,
1: you got to be careful. It gets too anecdotal. You're going off a of feel, and if you're trying to get to a level that you've never been to, then you have no understanding what that feels like. So you're just like taking anyone's word for it. Am I? Am yeah, I that's
0: true. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're so, right.
1: Like you have someone who's like. And, and that's a lot of times kids think just going to a coach, like he's going to somehow convey to you that feel and then you'll feel it. it yeah. really, to me, doesn't work that great that way. Uh, I mean, it can work that way, but it doesn't work you know, that well, as opposed to going, hey, the physics says if you measure like this and you start hitting these measurements and these are the things that drives those measurements, that also is another way to do it because you're yeah. actually assessing, oh, look, these things are happening. My velos and my spins should be changing. Oh, they are, look, and then you start connecting them
0: seeing the consistencies and what right. yeah
1: why can you mind if I show you something real quick yeah please do if I can pull it over here so I actually have everything measured out um let's see it's probably gonna be hard to see but it's this little banner in the corner over here if we can get closer to it but basically on this banner it's it's my hundred mile per hour goals
0: oh okay I see that yeah
1: okay yeah I can get it closer. All right, so, a little bit closer. All right, so, you know, we have, we, this is like the elite standard, right? So this is the gold, the gold standard. Yeah. Okay, so this is mobility measurements at an elite range. So dorsiflexion, 25 degrees, for example, trunk rotation, 90 degrees this is performance goals at an elite level so this is you know like 10 yard sprint a sub 1.5 um rotational power 900 plus watts that's going to be measured with um like a 40 motion will measure um broad jumps this is then the biomechanical goals so we have to take this mobility this athleticism and it has to move through these biomechanics for example 50 degrees of a drive leg force vector. Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the things we talk about in the drive leg that has to get 50 degrees before leg drive. You know, um, trunk tilt, well, next rotation, 50 plus degrees. So the thing is these kids walk in and see this every day and they know, okay, if you come up to me in two months and you're like, why am I not throwing harder? I'm just gonna take your last eval and I'm gonna walk up to here and I'm gonna show you all the things that you haven't achieved. And every time- So they- it
0: kind of teaches them how to evaluate themselves even. Yeah, good as well because they got that chart they go down this checklist
1: yeah and the i, crews, like, I like that they don't really need me that much because I, yeah. I mapped out i have all the education there i have the whole system all the programming yeah, that's they dope constantly evaluate themselves to the standard and they know okay look last evaluation you know this got better this got better this got better oh i went up two three miles an hour well that makes sense or mm-hmm. last evaluation this got worse this got worse this got worse. And I went down to two, three miles an hour. And it starts to make sense. <laughs> that's, I like
0: that, man. That's pretty cool. Now, yeah. And so that and that's kind of and I think that maybe that's what I was getting to is those what are those cornerstones? I think that's literally it right there. I mean, they couldn't have it's even better. That's perfect. Well,
1: a, at the end of the day, it's a formula. And now it's it's not a, an exact formula, but mm-hmm. it puts you in a range. So we should be able to say, okay, if you're measuring like this, you're in this range if you're measuring like that you're at this range and it, and it's i'm telling you every time you do it it's pretty close well how do you
0: uh that's pretty that's pretty sweet i mean you say so you said you were a pitcher
1: Correct.
0: right, well, right. look at that see there's not little guys behind you
1: <laughs>
0: no. holy macaroni yeah. that little fellas he's a big fella right he's there
1: We've got, we have a lot of international guys too. So.
0: oh do you really how um where do you where do you plan on how do, how do you go about getting clients? I saw you at uh, walking around ABCA. How do how do people find you? How do people come upon you? Or is it? I, I'm assuming now because if I'm starting to hear it, clients aren't hard to come by per se. It's it's kind of filtering through them right now, or or kind of targeting the 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 because uh, I could I'm I'm assuming everybody. Tom, Dick, and Harry in your area want to get into you, right? But how do you limit that to the guys that are professional, or is it more seasonal? How does that work? Well, as as a bit, as a business, just because I've ran businesses, you're in the grind of making a business and a gym work. So, uh, and running this brand, you have like, what are some of the things that you do from a business
1: standpoint? You know, we're our outreach is is really best for us on through social media. I mean, we've built a good social media presence for this. You know, we're in a niche, so that's challenging. Yeah. But we actually, I have like zero local business and I've never had it.
0: Right. Really? Yeah.
1: Everyone here in that housing is from all over the, the world, really.
0: Yeah.
1: We wow. any international players here as we have American players. Okay, but cool. They Obviously, they find about me. They learn about <sighs> me online and they learn the, the method. You know, at the end of the day, I think there's so much chaos out there. There's so many people out there putting out their expertise I knew that and I you know I wasn't a big leader. I just overcome a career-ending injury and played at a professional level but I, I knew that people were going to come if they they were really learning truth they were learning real stuff like real information yeah that's why I, I've obsessively oh, no. oh, studied yeah. um, you know the case studies and evidence I mean I have 180 case studies that I have database and that I constantly put out and it's built into the programming and it's constantly referencing the programming, I think. And, and it cuts through a lot of the theory. I, I just, I just knew I wasn't going to stand out, you know, with all the other guys that probably have way better playing resumes than I have. If I was just saying, Hey, look at my career and I know yeah.
0: you had to get stance and facts. So.
1: Right. It had to be like, look, guys, here's the science and look how it applies. And there's a real system here and I have it all programmed out and I have an evaluation system and it it creates these crazy results. You know, these are all my 90 plus guys that came in and added five miles per hour and they get banners on the wall. They add five five, and they break 90. And so then people see that and they're like, it's because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the big leaguers and a lot of the guys with great resumes think just because you, you know, my face is on it. Everyone's going to come. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, I got most 12-year-olds that walk through here don't even know who Cal Ripken Jr. was.
0: Yeah, they don't care. They don't
1: know. They, some of them might not. They don't watch the game a lot. Might not even know who maybe Mike Trout is or, or Albert Pujols. So the, the point is, I don't think people are reaching out for help in this game because they they want to – they're a big fan. A lot of them, I think, are reaching out because they, they just, just – love
0: the game and they want to – Yeah. Yeah,
1: right.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I agree with that because that's how I was until Joe McEwing made me do a book report on a few players because I didn't know who they were oh,
1: exactly. as a
0: rookie. Like, go do this book report. Oh, okay, Joe. <laughs> so
1: I mean, I mean, how many <clears throat> players do you think are super fans? I don't think a lot of players are super fans.
0: I think we're too egotistical. Why am I going to be a fan of somebody I could do better than? Like, exactly. let's be honest. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> we're all wired that way, but that's that's kind of. <laughs> That's the athletes are your deal. Let's, let's compete these guys in an atmosphere here to make them ex- more explosive. So, um, you're feeding off of us. But uh, uh, how do you – do? You, is, there, is there a plateau where someone's peaked out or is there such a thing? And how do you guys measure that? How do you know? And what are some of the things that show you that?
1: There's definite plateaus. But, I mean, I've, if you ever been around Olympic lifting athletes – they train for 15 20 years and they usually hit their plateaus the last three to four years. So yeah. it's kind of laughable when a, when a baseball player, a young baseball player, comes up to you and they're like, Well, you think this is going to work for me or you think I'm plateaued? I, I mean, I just want to fall over laughing. I'm like, Guys, you don't, you've never even really started training. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about plateaus. Yeah. So it's like, Yeah, <clears throat> when they actually get here and they commit and they've been in this and they've been in this grind, we start hitting plateaus. But I got levels to the program. So it's like, well, I
0: think there's two is yeah, there's levels of program to where you end up. I think we're exercising, we're doing it correctly, connected with biokinetics workout, basically, to create this. Bah, or whatever it is, action like reps are good. You know, you become good, you learn how to lift that way because it's the correct way. I think that longevity too helps. You know, doing it.
1: Evaluating though, once you start measuring, that's where you see plateaus. So, plateaus could, I mean, plateau, what's up? I mean, when you say plateau, I'm thinking, does my like, there,
0: is my is V. There's something biokinetically in my body. I'm, I'm at 98. I'm not going to make any more of that out of my body. Like, that's just, that's my cap. Like, is there signs that show that? Is there measurements? Can they tell that? And all that stuff.
1: Yeah, there is. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I've wor- I've gotten to work with like, I had Trevor Rosenthal um, right after Tommy John. I've had, you know, other guys that threw in a hundred. So these are hundred guys that, you know, they come in here and you're like, <laughs> I know you're not coming here for velocity. You throw a hundred miles an hour.
0: Yeah. But
1: what happens is they come in and a lot of it is just injury prevention because they really believe that. Mm-hmm. Prevention. And then they start realizing that, wow, there's still more performance in than I, I mean, you know, like for example, with Rosenthal, he hits 102 out of here right into spring training, and that was the hardest he ever threw in spring training. Was that
0: was that on social media? Did you guys post that one? <coughs> or Was that his group? You were showing me one. I don't. I don't think I posted that one. I um. He's looking around. No one better posted that. Who was that? No one yeah. should have posted that one. I saw yeah, you. <laughs> not a, not a I don't.
1: know.
0: Maybe it was somebody that sent me something that could have been too. But I, I I I yeah.
1: Yeah, but the point is, is like the even someone like that who throws that hard, and he had thrown that hard before, but he nodded that early. And ultimately yeah. you take him aside, you take other guys that also they come in, maybe they're say they're 100 monar an hour guys, but their averages are like ninety-four, ninety-five, and then you help them get ninety-six, ninety-seven, you know, what? like bring an average up.
0: Yeah, I think we're where the I see value in it too. And I'm I'm just maybe just spitting game for you is you hear the people who get the Tommy John, right? And then they come back throwing harder. I think what they, people don't really realize is how much focus goes into the shoulder to strengthen that, to stabilize that, to help strengthen or take over the stress for this, which when this becomes stronger than it was before, this is ready to do. And I think they don't, people don't realize the training of those biokinetics the rest of the body takes stress off of that and i think that's what you're providing is those deficiencies to to kind of uh, benefit your elbow
1: what happens when someone gets injured i'm sure you've had injury many times when someone gets injured they typically go what happened it's it's a moment of hey i need to become more self-aware and that's really what we're trying to do without the you know incentive of, of injury like we're trying to create that same moment that happens with injury where you go, you go, wow, like I need to figure this out or I need to learn myself better. It's, it's like a lot of kids don't even look for this kind of training until their career is completely sidelined.
0: Or they're, or they're like, yeah. So it has stitches all the way down there or they're like, dude, I need to like 10 miles an hour by the end of spring. Cause or,
1: yeah. yeah. Argymne came to me and, He's had three hip surgeries, Tommy John surgery, and he can't even squat. He can't yeah, jump. David. Um, and I'm like, David, like, seriously, it's kind of insulting when they walk in. <laughs> they're, yeah. like, they're literally like one leg. And I'm like, Dude, oh, why didn't you come in when you actually were healthy? Like we could have prevented this, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's, I'm, I'm right there with him because uh, when you're competing, like all you sell this stuff. We're just cranking on that body. When you get in computer, you're just cranking on that. So I think preparing it just so that we can crank on it, then hopefully it stays stable, and then rebuilding it, training the right way is, I think.
1: Yeah, it's just the problem is baseball players, because I think we're so egotistical. We don't have these preventative mindsets. We're just like, I'm invincible. I'm a badass. Look out. I can throw every game.
0: That's like it. Yeah. We're egotistical, bro. There's nobody there. Come on.
1: Well, I get it. I <laughs> tore my roots every man. I was See? like – painkillers i'll get out of my way i'm going to d1 bro yeah yeah
0: yeah what so what what's uh what's the day of the life of like one of your athletes kind of tell me tell me what how that rolls through
1: yeah so they, they obviously get up they better eat um they they get in here they start mobility training they basically do a nice rollout start going to mobility work um they could spend depending on their challenges depending depending on how well they're measuring they could be and mobility work for two hours um they could be and and
0: prior to when you said measurements for listeners they they take them like you take some like acceptance measurements when you get there i'm sure it's like the you know hold the stick drop down i forget the the technical term all you uh, pencil pushers like yeah so uh, you ones that decide to go to school this test we gotta do (laughs) they got some cool stretching the box doing all those hip motion ankles you're measuring everything when you come in there Right, same we'll, measurements. We, okay.
1: We don't work with an athlete until they go through a full evaluation. That's awesome. I don't yeah. really know who you are until I know how you're built, um, and so that's important. And it's it. so all of our camps, the first uh, six hours of camp, we we'll usually have ten guys measure. Yeah, is full measure.
0: Yeah, it, it's not short. Sure. That's why I asked because doing it before, yeah, it's it's no. It, but I think once. You, you you get through on that if you're like somewhat of it like aware of your body or like okay my left hip I'm squatting and tilting you could feel these things in your body these deficiencies i could see it happening with pitching too
1: it's a humbling moment for a lot of these kids yeah these kids come in the egos there go through this full evaluation cuz they're in there watching all their measurements and they're watching the other kids doing it and it every so every measurement's a competition to them and by oh, the of end of that, like, they're walking around like this, and it's like I don't really have to say much to their ego after that. I don't, I don't have to be like, "Hey guys, you have no idea how far you are from being good." Like after that measurement, I don't say anything. They, they get it. They're like, "Oh God, I got problems." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: well, that's that's good.
1: So I mean, well, as far as day in life, I mean, it goes mobility. Uh, then uh, they typically go into throwing. We, we're we're a drill based throwing program. All biomechanical work. This is off season development. Uh, then they go into Olympic-based strength and conditioning. We take the Olympic core. and we teach them the Olympic core into all the other strength and conditioning. Then they go into anaerobic conditioning. Um, and then if they want to like do any video analysis with me, they want to uh, go back and do any extra work and struggle on technique. Everything is just technique, technique, technique. Then they'll, they'll take some extra time on that. They'll break for lunch sometimes in between that. Um, and that's what they do. I mean, David would turn them into eight-hour days. I mean, David would sit here eight, 10 hours I mean my favorite I could' see that is he worked so hard one day he was squatting and his back tooth fell out and I was, <laughs> I was like what what is wrong with you, you know, yeah like
0: you like old man you're literally falling apart
1: he's like man it's the arts mode we lose our hair and our teeth and I was like dude that ain't normal bro <laughs> that's, a, that's a testament to how hard that guy
0: and Andy's a bullpen pitcher so that just means there's stress he's got ulcers in his gut I'm sure from stressing <laughs>
1: No, it's just David. That's how hard he works. I think oh, I know all this collagen just to repair itself, and it's like, hey, teeth teeth is the last priority, right? <laughs> yep, what a stud. Yeah, he was he was.
0: I'd be in there, and he was doubt it was. He had a routine just like I did. We got to we got to get this old machine going. He was always in there. And I think that's why how he and I got connected and had good because it was we'd use that time in my routine. He'd be in there whether foam roller or do whatever, we'd start that game plan on what we're going to do. Like, all right, what do you got? You know, whether it's just who you think thinking, who you staying away from. And well, that's, think, that's why he and I got connected. You know? And I
1: think that's why he was such a bullpen. Uh, I mean, he ran the bullpens. I mean, all the way at the big league level. Like, he was – they would – I think the bullpens would elect him. David's going to run the bullpen. And, and I think because he had that mindset and he had those disciplines. And they never faded with David. That's why he pitched till he was thirty seven. I mean, like, and that's what it takes. And that's really what this is also not just trying to deliver that message to these young athletes, but giving you a routine and system that you can actually follow. Cause I'm sure there's tons of young kids out there that might have David's work ethic. They just don't know what to do with it. They're just doing random stuff and they need a better plan. Just like, you know, as you become a, an experienced big league pitcher like David, you know, everyone wants to elect you as running the bullpen because you have real good plans that are helping everybody. And that's, that's what he was helping to be applied.
0: Well, he's good we'll, we'll maybe have to do a next podcast with uh, us three I would love that you, love you may that. not get a word in because it'll probably just be hammer fest back and forth I'll just watch I'll just listen I'll enjoy yeah. it I'll,
1: I'll be a spectator
0: <laughs> so is is there um it, what's the youngest that you end up taking what, what when do you think's a good time to kind of start weightlifting for the arm you say that there are certain age for weightlifting what's your All your, all your, all, you know, why you went to school, what's your opinion and where do you think it is on that? And when they do start lifting, what, what should they trigger? What should they pay attention to? What, what, what impingements, I guess, is what I'm looking for.
1: At the end of the day, like this, this approach looks at pitching on the other end as most conventional uh, old school methods look at. A lot of old school methods, they, they look, hands down like we look feet up and that's the stream of movement the stream of energy the stream of development has to go that way it's like building a house ground up right so we want to start very young so i mean you could have a five-year-old i mean it, the problem is is we're so advanced here. We're we're putting systems in place. It's just hard to put a five-year-old in a system. It's hard to put sometimes a 12-year-old in a system. So I, I'm not encouraging people to force their 12-year-olds into a system because yeah, the system I know what you're saying. they enjoy the game. But if they want to, we we do it. So we can sign yeah. as, as we want. And then there's levels to this. So
0: you got a 12-year-old in the background right now, I think, yeah, doing yeah. some of ground level, working with his feet, working on foot ex- explosion. Pounds around. per inch into the ground. I think is that what he's doing right now? Yeah, exactly. Working on. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's doing. And, and the point is, that's a good foundation. Specifically, as early as you can start. Being aware of the feet. Yeah, your feet are driving everything, and and also too, if you look, a lot of injuries they can link to the feet. Like your arm injuries can link to your feet. Yeah. System's a web. The Dude, there's body. this.
0: There's this. Because uh, I've been, you know, just doing this podcast and educating on whatever fascinated my mind in baseball, right? Because I obviously I loved training. uh, Like I loved physical stuff. I always had this thing like, oh, John's a big physical guy because I played football and I felt like that gave me a strength behind the plate because, one, normal guys big like me, I I had this gymnastics, this biokinetic length with my body that I knew was kind of special. I don't think I was as good an athlete as some of those guys. Like I knew I had to make up with physical and be able to work and do do it the correct way and get the most out of it when it happened. So it led to being in the gym, right? And that's why, I like, man, that velocity—that would be kick-ass to go there and just work out and live in this lifestyle to get gains. But, um,
1: but <laughs> so I mean, the thing is, there's two two different types of players in in the game, and they're on both ends of the spectrum. Like you have the the meathead athlete who's yeah. great at this game. You know, the Lenny Dykstra's in the day. You have the the nerd um, who has some yeah. athleticism, but he can intellectually put himself in the, the best positions to strategically dominate. Yeah, yeah, Chris Burke. Yeah, where the, or the <laughs> trinkers, right? and yeah, yeah, and it, they're so they're polar opposites. They probably don't even like each other, yeah. and they exist in this game. Yeah. It, it like-
0: they actually help each other. They'll feed off each other in the clubhouse. Like, where'd you get this? But uh, I think. Where I, I I learned on and where, you're, you know, where this journey of like how to best mold my body. Have you heard of this thing called Goda? Dota? Goda? Goda. Goda. Goda yeah. and Woda.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And They're then there's
1: yoga, right?
0: No, it's not. It's not. No, you're thinking like goat yoga. Oh. I don't know. This is like I, a weightlifting. These guys, so they do measurements biokinetically talking about how the body he gets a lot of the measurements out of like a tornado. Well, a lot yeah. of like go just because you're in the fitness industry, you want to learn, you expand yourself. And, and look up go to listen to some of the things he's saying they're doing just on human movement, how you sit, postures you sit. It's just it's human body stuff. I know you would love and nerd out because that's how, how I G-O-A-T-A? am. Goata, how is it?
1: G-O-A-T-A. Yeah, GoTa, greatest of all
0: time c-o-a-t-a movement yeah greatest of all time athletes yeah it's kind of like a lifting moving but listen to some of his stuff and some of the things he tries i'm,
1: I'm looking at it right now i'm looking at some of the diagrams and, and and he's literally you know toes to fingertips and and yeah ankle I think out all day play with that with your brain i think it would yeah, be torsion some- torsion yeah i you know i've heard a lot of these principles i mean the point is a uh, all these principles are in already in the medical journals already in the studies. It's yeah. Just, here, it's a system
0: some... of, of connecting those. And, that, and I think that's me learning, wanting to learn. Like I, I can kind of, I like that. When I say I feel, I can feel it. Right. I can feel whether it's hitting, whether it's boxing, whether it's a clean, that spot that I, where I'm coming up out of that stance, I can feel the similarities of, of these things.
1: Well, You know what's cool is there's a study I, I found and I posted it recently where with elite Olympic lifters, what separated them from the novus was they were able to stabilize these key positions better, meaning uh, yeah, they were okay. moving very similar, but the, the amateurs couldn't peak. But they would get to these places and the elites would peak and they couldn't peak. And they, they even might have had the ability to peak. They just couldn't peak. And they found that in those in those patterns, yeah. the elites were stabilizing and coordinating those patterns just enough better to allow the body to peak. Okay. And now I think that's kind of what you're talking about with the is. Heck
0: yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. I knew your brain would i unlock you. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's, and it's finding torsion. And, and I think torsion. Yeah. Really, the feet. Yeah, that's how the body the body stabilizes like this. It yeah, stabilizes. It tornado, like tornado. The
0: eight. There's that. He even had like a special numbers. I believe like a certain two twenty five. Two twenty five. Right. Two twenty five. Does those measurements mean something to you in that?
1: Two twenty five in reference to what?
0: Yeah, we have no idea. <laughs> he had no idea. I think it's it's the weight. The yeah. yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah. yeah the point is, is like you'll get guys that come in when they measure like their hip mobility, like how they're yeah, yeah. like, so like you'll get amateurs that are very limited in one way, lot in the other way. And yeah. That makes perfect sense. Well, if a wobble or whatever. Right, so they're basically going to want to go this way all the time. Well, biomechanically it's more efficient if they go to this way to that way. Well, they can't go this way because they don't have that range. That's why we, we measure that. Cause it's like, I can't teach you mechanics. If your body actually can't go where I want it to go. And that's why I tell these kids, like, you're wasting money on pitching lessons, like, all day long because – See,
0: I love love it. We're talking about this. And you look over your right shoulder, your right, as we're looking left. A kid just look going across, doing those lunge, keeping that – Driving that elbow, yeah, right. as you said that it's like you, it's like unleashing the deer on a, uh, on, a on a real estate transaction. Yeah, they, perfect. perfect. I mean, like in, in con- case, learning how to control that body of that rotation—that's literally what he was doing right there. It.
1: You don't have two twenty-five. You know, if you got, you know, if it's if it's split and you got half a two twenty-five over here and the full two twenty, so that's now we're gonna have issues moving through the kinetic chain. So if okay. we don't build that in and teach that function to the body we can teach it all the proper mechanics and it won't translate
0: Won't generate. It won't, you won't have that feel. And I think that's what, where I was kind of saying earlier on, because where I was and I was learning how to do this stuff with my knowledge, I have where you said there's no plateau. I feel like I could play. Maybe I didn't throw harder, but I can almost become more athletic in those areas. You know, arm angle throwing down a second, Right. I got a ball here, boom, being quick there narrowing down where I felt secure or more familiar with that position than, you know, because it wasn't perfect all the time like a pitcher well, what,
1: gets to. What I enjoy the most with the pro guys is when they come in or even the high-level uh, college guys, when they come in and they start like two weeks into the program and they're looking at me going, hey, I'm really excited today. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, it's not that I'm throwing hard. I'm throwing the same. But, man, I don't feel my arm. I don't feel stressed. And I'm like, Exactly because of these principles we apply this we're mobilizing better ranges so they're using the kinetic chain better. And, boy, that's a great, great bonus for a, a high-level player because they know wear and tear is the challenge here. And they're sitting here in here for performance, and they're realizing that now they're going to be healthier. It's like the icing on the cake. That it's they-
0: a, the weird thing is like what you're des- describing, I'm talking the throws because you make so many throws in spring training, so many – The biokinetically linked to throw the ball into the bucket. That compound effect of doing that, feeling my body right behind it and and being, you know, whether it's a drill that I know that you guys probably, some of those drills of feeling down the weight backside of the ball, having those built-in systems, I think, like what you put it, built-in systems where I know it kept me healthy because I couldn't have done that compound amount of throws. Just, I would have been bloop.
1: Well, I remember I was I was doing a camp in the greatest place, Napa, right?
0: Oh yeah. It
1: was at Napa College, and wow. one, one old Warren Brewster it was an old Phillies pitcher with Tug McGraw. He he's the the pitching coach there, and I mean he's up in his sixties, maybe I was close to seventies. And I'm thinking, you know, he's gonna unlock the door to let me into the facility, and he's gonna be like, all right, thanks. But no, he he hangs out the whole time. And I'm like, I'm wondering what this old timer, I mean, I love the guy. I'm wondering what he thinks of this stuff. He literally walks up to me after a full day of just dumping all this science. He walks up to me at the end. He goes, man, you figured it out. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I'm waiting for him to go like, oh, we didn't do it that way. No, he's like, no, you figured. He's like, dude, I, 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 knew, I would tell everyone the one year I was the most healthiest was because I was being taught to, to keep my foot on the rubber. And for some reason I could throw every day. And he goes, now he showed me, it's because I was staying engaged in my drive leg and pushing more energy through my kinetic chain. Like you figured it out. And I'm like, wow, like a, an old school, seventies, eighties baseball player is seeing the science. You, t-
0: you took him right back there, didn't you? Exactly. That's awesome. It's Good like you were to go
1: back and be like, why did I ever change, you know? Yeah,
0: that's dope. Yeah. He, he took him right back on that mountain that's what you did he was, was back he was back there probably just oh that, that damn right that's what i was doing i was just bringing that heat
1: <laughs> well you know what's exciting too because I didn't, I didn't play big league ball but you know billy wagner was one of my idols and billy was the abca and billy came up and i literally took the opportunity i was like man I, I, you know i've studied you and everything but i actually say can i hold your arm back because he has the most extra rotation i've ever seen in anyone in my life and i I was like, can I, don't, I hope this isn't weird. Can I pull your arm? <laughs> and, but, you know, he's he's still kind of like, he's he's advanced, but he's still kind of got a little bit of that old school wisdom. And he, you know, he's big long toss and all the things that I'm kind of like, I, I've tried to go a different path. And I'm wondering how he's going to receive this, but it's almost all that way is the same when you have a big leader, because big leaders are just, they've done it. They're humbled, most of them, you know, that, that especially have his kind of experience. And man, he just wanted to listen. And it's like, we couldn't stop talking. It was like two hours and he's just like, He's loving the information. Well, boy, I think
0: I think guys that are great like that too. I right? think about David. David had this career, and then comes to you and said, "Teach me, let yeah. me learn." Like the before I got on here, actually, a, a guy that was a, a catcher. I think he ended up playing uh, some pro ball, some indie ball and stuff. And it was a catcher, big tall guy. It was a Kansas City fan, watched people Right, I just reached out to him because I was like, "You're teaching this, the you know the new way to to catch, right?" that knew it maybe i'll talk to you about that in a minute
1: yeah, yeah, you need is to-
0: is this new way of catching and i was like i'm not sold on it one biokinetically i don't move quick enough uh, there biokinetically my wrist don't act. what you're trying to get i don't agree with it because i was taught i started talking go and stuff with him and he was looking at me like what is wrong with this dude tyler-
1: well mean, i mean that's it yeah. i you know because
0: yeah, yeah tyler goodrow uh uh uh, As the catcher that guy I was talking to, but he started laughing, but he was a guy that kind of got it. He was like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I feel it. And so we end up talking about one way or the other, but uh, yeah, we were kind of break doing the same thing. Cause I was learning from him. Right. And I think that's why Billy's good. Let me give you a story. This is where it's full circle. Talking with Billy. I'm in Kissimmee. And I think I might've told this on the, on, on the podcast is because it was like a defining moment as me as a catcher is Billy Wagner. I was in big league camp first time I'm probably going to, I'm um, catching bullpens and stuff. And we start. he's like, God, these guys are all over. Like he's on the edge of the bench. Just like and you got these other people just dicking around, just other pitchers being bullpen pitchers. Right. And he's just like, and he's like, Oh man, I just need like, like, these guys, all they do is sit dead red. And I think Don't Tell or somebody's out there getting hit pretty good with the fastball. They're just going to come out of their shoes. I mean, that's what they do. And we, he was talking about hard guy. I was like, well, just show him a slider. And he like looked at me and I was like, uh oh, I shouldn't open my mouth. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, I think we just had a thing. I just had a talk from Brad Off, talking about how saying things with conviction, right? Get him to. And I said, yeah. I'm looking dead red heater. You're Billy Wagner, bro. If I hit your fastball, you know I'm gonna have to cart my balls bad. out of here with a uh, with the whirl barrel. And he's like, "All right." And I was like, "Dude, just show a breaking ball. You show me it's spin. You can just if you fl- take it off and just fluff it up there and do a BP slider. No one's touching you." Yeah. And he's like, "All right." So I got I got to catch his pins. End up striking. It got me another. Uh, it got me uh, maybe an inning or so because Billy pulled the strings from uh, Jimmy Williams for me. That's awesome. Uh, and it was that one little bit, but he's—that's how he is. Oh, really? Okay. And then would would try and be able to do it. He's a—that's he's why he's—that's why he's a unicorn.
1: He is. Unicorn. So how
0: far back did his elbow go?
1: Ridiculous. I literally I <laughs> picked it up and it was like. Whoop. <laughs> like do you know?
0: Do you know he how he taught? Do you know the story about teaching himself? to throw left-handed
1: yeah yeah I, 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 that's the legend a legend of billy wagner
0: <laughs> right how cool is that being an, a biokinetic pitcher can yeah. to switch it left-handed just go this I, way.
1: I, I brought that up to him i think he did it pretty young i think yeah, the legend yeah. might have gotten older but i think he was pretty young when he did it
0: nope he's 16 i'm not going a year <laughs> younger it I don't know. I he saying there. he used Velocity's program to retrain his left arm. You don't say.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, um,
1: He's a great guy. Like, I think I, I remember I was like, um, so any chance of getting the Hall of Fame? And he was like, oh, no. He's like, I wasn't that good. And, and he honestly humbled. Like, he said that. I was like, Billy, you're a legend, bro. Dude. <laughs> could
0: you
1: imagine hey, I, that? I'm not that good.
0: I've heard a couple of the real good ones say that. I've heard Mike Trout say that.
1: That's crazy. I
0: got it. No, shut up, kid. (laughs) You can't, you can't, you can't even drink yet. And you're, you got more hits than I've ever dreamed of doing on my last year or two of playing. It's a lot, kid. Shut up.
1: (laughs) Crazy. Well, I mean, it's respect. I mean, I love that because I like to portray that to these high school kids that come in so hot headed. Like, I don't need to listen to this. I'm like, really? Yeah. I didn't play big league ball, and I got big leaguers coming here wanting to learn everything that comes out of my mouth.
0: Well, I think if you can give facts, like you said, and give uh, give knowledge to put things together, guys guys are professionals or, or collegiate athletes for a reason. There's a little something special. The reason David sits in there abnormal amounts and reasons I psychoanalyze receiving more in um, my body and because that was my tool. And that's how we, we go about things. And you, you saw David. He's the same way. And I think those guys that are like Billy, that will be like, all right, make me better. Be, I'm open to learning. I'm open to knowing. And then you could add facts to make that. That's a valuable tool that you guys are providing. So that's pretty dope.
1: Well, at the end of the day, too, I mean, I was, the, the, you know, I, like I said, I, 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 I'm humbled, too. I was like, hey, the only way they're going to listen to me is if I open my mouth and all the medical journals come out of my mouth because that's real information. I didn't make it. I'm the messenger. So yeah, I'm just yeah. at that point. So they're just going to listen and learn. And and that, and that I mean I love the game that much that I knew that that would be my place and I'd find a good place and I knew I analytically could understand it that way. I've, I've always had a very spatial sense of I'm I'm dyslexic and and I,
0: oh, I, mean, I knew I loved you. <laughs> I was a, so was I
1: When I was a kid, I, oh, you were So, so I, am I. Yeah. We're we're, we're dyslexic, right? But, uh, <laughs> but I think we just think differently. We think like, I think more 3d. So I like when I, when I was a kid and I used to watch pictures, I just like, I would get mesmerized. And I, after a while I realized that I'm, I'm mesmerized because there's so much like a, it's like a symphony of movement going on and I'm trying to understand it. And not many people look at movement that way. They're not trying to understand every side and every aspect. And maybe that makes us baseball players. I don't know, but I know I always had that obsession.
0: No, i I was I was the same way too. I think that's maybe your brain. You know, I've talked about this before, is I think since I was dyslexic, I had to learn how to work harder and look at things kind of more creatively. Um like I couldn't remember like this is how I remember Pujols, right? We're playing Pujos in the minor leagues in I think he was in Peoria. So some one of those places, right? For Cardinals. And and I remember him. Everybody could remember his name. I couldn't remember who he is. I remembered him walking up, pigeon-toed, in hat, and and in halfway in uh, uh, three-quarter shoes. Right? He had three-quarters. I'm like, God, this guy looks like he looks super old. Like he's always looked like he's, you know, thirty years old when he was twelve. He's yep. just like that burly old uncle you had. That's what he looked like when he was wow. seventeen. <laughs> And so I remember, like playing against him, like dang, this guy rakes. He's good. His bat speed's like, but I couldn't remember his name. But I could remember the pattern of how he'd stood, and his and his overall feel and approach. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you his name or whatever. And I could cite it out in meetings, but I wouldn't. And that was heck. That was Albert Pujols. I remember, I know his name now. He made darn sure of that.
1: <laughs> well, I think you find – fine. I mean, tell him if I'm wrong. You- you find that a lot of guys that have had a lot of success in this game, there's these real unique things about them. And it creates that that success in baseball. Baseball really – it really uh, it really promotes unique athletes. I don't think it – I don't think there's a standard athlete in baseball. There's a standard level. Well, there's, there's a
0: reason us at baseball athletes can watch a basketball player take batting practice, watch a baseball player shoot yeah. a hoop, Right, right. Watch a, watch a baseball player try to play hockey. We can do it. Okay. Ask Matt Stairs, right? And then go watch him try to play. Jeez, uh, look at some of those middle infielders with their feet. They grew up playing soccer. Look at Russell Martin playing soccer. Guys, the madman with a hacky sack.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I always, I always say that too. I say, you know, that there's evidence that shows that the the interpretation speeds of of a of a pitcher it doesn't even link to a high velocity pitcher it's, it's usually at the college level the interpretation speeds are up to seven thousand degrees per second that's the fastest human movement ever recorded in the laboratory like no other wow. sport a body part moves that quickly so and i always said but that's they cool. pitchers, we're not athletes how are we not athletes but yet in the college level the average arm speed is the fastest moving body part in all of sports
0: yeah you're kick you're still kickers this is a catcher here you're still kickers as Mike Sweeney was, there, we we're just calling you kickers. You're that special athlete. You can do special things, but you know what? We don't care if you can wrap your arm and your leg above.
1: Look at, at Grinky. I mean, not Grinky. Oh yeah, look Grinky. But look no, at, at Grinky too. He's look at uh, uh, the like Mar Mcguire. He came in, up as a pitcher. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, the the one that was had the yips.
0: The, ja- the, the Japanese boy. guy. What's his name?
1: Uh, uh, Otani. The what? Otani.
0: Yeah. He's a beast. And he can throw, I think he throws, does he do the left-handed throw too? What do you, what do you got on that biokinetically to, to be able to, to be kind of ambide- what it does for your body?
1: I think it's your brain. I think your brain is, is, has is it more advanced to be able to symmetrically translate movements to both sides of the body. So I think that's a great quality. It's something, to, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches think that, well, if you train an ambidextrous pitcher young, they're going to be better pitchers later on. I think that's the same mentality saying, well, if you make every hitter a switch hitter, they're going to be better. I don't know. I mean, it's like yeah. you're, you're taking time away. Is
0: there, to- bo- is there body benefits to it?
1: Um, yeah, it's healthier. But the thing is, is if, if you're in – so, obviously, you're not throwing all day long. I mean, if you were yeah. just going to throw all day long, I'd say do that. But since we're in the weight room, we're doing a lot of bilateral movements. You're,
0: you're doing that bo- body balance their brains yeah. in other areas. Okay.
1: But I mean, so you, I, I it's exciting to watch. I played with an ambidextrous pitcher. I played in Europe, and, and our outfielder was ambidextrous and would pitch. And it was just amazing to watch a guy the ball any gap it would go into, he would immediately throw his glove and just grab it with whatever hand felt good and throw it in. It's just amazing to watch something like that, you know.
0: That's sick. <laughs> just
1: yeah. oh yeah, I was going to get to the ball, just grab and then it.
0: <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Um. So is there? A, is there? What's well, my next topic? Let's talk about this. What about the receiving? Since you're a guy and you're seeing a lot, you're a pitcher and you're seeing a lot. What's your feelings on this? You're from the other side of the mound, the other view. How does that? And I'm sure you. I mean, you got guys around here. They're talking about it, pitchers. What? What's their view of it? Is there certain pitches they like? Do they like it? Do they not like it? Has it changed their eye? What they're aiming for
1: and, and things like that. I think pitchers are supposed to catchers that, that help them find a location. So catchers assist in helping them find a location because they're, they're challenged by that. Yeah. And then a catcher that gives them a, a kind of a confirmation they're hitting it, like a good stiff glove, the sounds, good feedback. Um, I think, I think if a catcher can get help them find their spots and, and locate and be, and be solid at the plate, I think that's where they get excited as far as like, biomechanics of it i think once again i i don't i don't like spitting out opinion i would rather go to a study and say well studies are finding this position this movement you know this is the better way that's where i would rather go if i'm going to dive into all that defensive stuff as a catcher
0: of course you would you computer nerd look at you such a deflector little pitcher john you call the pitch i'll throw it and then i'll blame you later
1: No, I mean, at the end of the day, like catcher-pitcher relationships are everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Catchers can make. I mean, what was it? Uh, was it w- one of the catchers for the Red Sox caught like the most perfect games? What's I forgot who it was. And perfect I mean, games. I think he is caught Rocco
0: or whatever. Uh, one of the
1: catchers for the Red Sox back in the day caught the most perfect perfect games ever. And um, that's, that's not Johnny
0: Bench, is it?
1: No, it was. It was later than that. it was like in the nineties or something. Um, I,
0: I, Was it Corky I, Miller?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, someone needs to look that up. Hasse. Who is it?
0: Hasse, right?
1: But either way, if, if, is it coincidental yeah. that there's this one catcher that has like an, an insane amount of perfect games? I mean, I, you have to credit a lot of that success to the catcher, too. Jason
0: Veritek. Yeah, Jason Faratek has four.
1: Veritek, that's it, Veritek.
0: Yeah, he was my favorite. Like when I was, and then, and then I had one of those moments. I'm playing against him, you know. in you know, some three or four years, and it was like, all right, I've like, I'm not shy enough to like not talk to him anymore. Now I've filled myself a little bit. Now I'd be like, like I'm cool. Like, hey, Jason, sign this ball for me. <laughs> I don't feel like a little kid asking like this before we play in a big league game. But will you please sign this, sir? <laughs> Sir.
1: (laughs) Those are my favorite stories I've ever heard is big leaguers talking about meeting their idols and
0: that's what's weird is trying to ask uh, trying to act like a 12 year old kid and not ask Griffey because our equipment got jacked up. And then so Ken, we're talking to Ken, Sweeney, Stairs or whatever, waiting for it. And of course I'm just like, oh, I'm in the big leagues now, and that is Griffey. Um, you know, and we're sitting there talking and our equipment said he's like, well, if you guys need shoes and I would like before you, I'll take a pair. I'll take a pair right now. I will take, you know, Sweeney and stick because they have their own special made shoes. Apparently, they're they're at that cool level. They didn't want to feel like 12 year olds, but I did. I That's King Griffey Jr. Right there. And I want a pair of shoes from his locker. Who else can say that? Right. Mm-hmm. Try well, to tell I mean, me not to be twelve years old right there. You're out of your mind.
1: I played with Kinseiko when he when they they kicked him out and he came into indie ball. He, yeah. we were one of the first teams he played with, and it was the same thing. When he came to the locker room, we were all like kids in a candy store.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But all, well, you know, all the controversy was around him. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, but you were you guys were in love because you knew like they were the ones you were like during your little workouts and stuff, you, you were visualizing being, dude. And that's what it's, I don't know, that's what's cool about it. That's why Sosha was kind of the same way of, like, I just, as far as him managing game, me at the my career watching him, it was like, I don't know, there's it's something cool. That's that passion, that, that like, why we're addicted to this thing
1: part of it, you know? Well, I played for, uh, that year I played for Terry Kennedy. He was my coach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was in there with Sosha and these guys, but, um I, I loved him. I mean, I think catchers make great coaches, just because you guys have a real good understanding of the game. You have to. Yeah. You Understand your pitchers, which is huge.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yes, probably one of the biggest parts.
1: Yeah, it is the biggest part.
0: <laughs> well, you hear me? We're like, what's the mental part of it? How do I get you guys ready for this? That's like literally where my head is thinking. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, to be honest, I I'd hate to get into the mental crap of the pitching staff. I think. That's why I like to talk. Buy-in. See, I
0: think I think it'd be easy. It'd be easy with the system you have. We'll talk. We'll talk. Me, yeah, you, and Dave. Me, you, and David. We'll talk. It's it, it, it's not something you advertise. I think it's like one of the books that I'm reading into right now because I'm I'm heavy on this part. Right? Is creating flow or in the zone or in that like you felt it like when you're throwing. You've been slow mechanism whatever you want to call it flow, of cheese, spirit, I don't care what it is. When I'm superhuman, that's what I'm talking about, which we've all experienced. Like if we can create that, and guys going into training, so what he was saying in this book is that they found studies with the neuroscientists and stuff. If they put the child in flow status in that flow area. They're learning 12 times quicker than the 10000 movement rule.
1: Well, I'm big into hemisync and hemisync, the cia yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah promoted. and i think that's where flow is flow is in hemi which is basically when your hemispheres are perfectly synced up because they say your at your aptitude all your learning abilities go through the roof like you can even get out of body like, the, the, yeah. stuff like that. so i really believe it's and if you're if it's all about hemi that takes warm-ups that's going to take routines to get you there every day and that's why more than likely those great athletes that get into those states the flow states have those routines better routines to actually do that
0: and see and, that, and that's where I think and that's why I ask, see where the house thing kind of popped in my head so I'm like dude I wonder if he's doing that right I wonder if he's doing that before he gets him to come in here and make these gains and yeah, then and if you're not I'm that's not. where I said meet yeah that 10 I bet you can be 15 no I without think so. a doubt with that component with the what you have and how it's coming out of there I mean you, no, you yeah. like facts and statistics that neuroscientists said, it you know, 12 times more. <laughs>
1: no, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. But to me, that's a whole other camp. Oh, that's yeah. Kind of, the point is, I have so much. Dude, I mean, I would love to build a whole program just on that. And, and it needs to be built. But the problem is, is I'm just getting 16, 17, 18-year-olds that have no concept of biomechanics and of healthy movements and of how do you train it routines to <laughs> develop it like i'm sitting here going what the hell are they teaching in baseball it's yeah like, it's
0: so crazy. Oh. well at the weight the weightlifting, the kids that you're getting and this is what i'm seeing in my in my older lessons right going into high high school call i have a couple college is like they're coming in with like their routine being crossfit literally yeah. like you've seen a lot of that too
1: Well, I mean, anything they can find. And, you know, it still CrossFit's CrossFit's better than what they were doing before that, which was no fit. (laughs) Yeah, good point. So I'll take (laughs) off.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say CrossFit. I bring CrossFit because, one, that's a way of exercising where that shoulder and that labrum, if it's not probably within your system done biokinetically correct, that's where – well, you're probably not coming down doing that.
1: Whoa, whoa. But they, well, at the end of the day, I mean, here's the thing: I actually promote <laughs> overhead training. I mean, but
0: huh. I, I do I, handstands in and rings. So,
1: so know. do I. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is, if you don't, because pitchers statistically have weaker shoulders than the average public, I mean, it's sad. Yeah, yeah weak- it's weird. Because from throwing, obviously throwing is not strengthening your arm over time. It's the, they, they and and the coaches are telling them don't lift overhead. It's all of a sudden you can't just throw a kid overhead. He probably has no foundation there. He has no function there. And then all of a sudden you'll throw a kid there, and he, he has an impingement there. And then he thinks, "Well, throw the baby out with the bathwater." I Should never do that again. No, yeah, it's, yeah. So poorly built there. You have to do it, and you have to get caught up. You're so far behind. Yep.
0: Yeah, dude, yeah, it, it, it's. I love it. This has been fun. Just yeah, kid. Good. Look at this kid in the background. We've we seen this kid with that. Watch this one coming up.
1: Uh, that he's doing some med. Oh, balls. He's, yeah.
0: He's telling him throw his hips. I like that.
1: The best thing about the med balls is two hands. Is you can't really use your arm. So Ooh. It's there and tries to use his arm. It, he can't do much. So it's forcing you to engage the body, and that's why we we use a, a med ball approach.
0: I like that. I I think my because uh, I do the like the back in some of the other stuff you have i haven't done that with my little guys i feel like see I in my that functional movement lifting i would say that's lifting in my my for for my seven eight year olds because they're learning how to create movement with a weighted ball a lift or a a, some sort of stabilization to it
1: well there's there's developmental levels that medical journals have put out where take them through those functional movements and that's uh the functional stages and then Then you got to go into the learn to train stage. Now it's take your functional movements into a weight room and build the components of athleticism, like build now strength above your body weight, build power. And like, basically learn to train is, is getting into the routines, learning the techniques to start that process. Then the next train is the next stage is, is train to train. Now it's get good at it. Try to get above your body weights. And then, then the, the next stage after that is train to compete. Now it's train for 95, train for a hundred, train for, you know, at peak endurance, whatever, whatever you train for, and and then you know, then then you can get into the great part of your career. The problem is these kids come in and they want to train to compete right now, and I'm like, dude, you've never even really learned to train. Yeah, <laughs> we got to learn to train now, dude. Yeah, and then we got to then we'll train to train. We'll train get yeah. good at it. But then you can train to compete. Like, yeah, the problem was getting eighteen year olds going. Let's, I'm ready to train to compete. And I'm like, yeah. wow, well, AUC
0: you see the. <laughs> Things popping out. Ugh.
1: You can't put a plastic pipe over your head and, and squat. And
0: squat without your ankle popping out to the right. <laughs> You're like, like external rotation out. It's yeah.
1: it's Like, And they wonder why we have so much injury in this game.
0: Yeah, I know. It it's definitely feels like it's behind. I've, I got a thing with IHC. I have a friend who came to me for arm problems. I started doing things. I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this in a podcast. You know, yeah. kid had some screws. Go IHC, a guy who actually, uh, whenever I would come home, do the lot of stuff, does a lot of stuff with the jazz, but it's this functional movement. They have a program with throwing biokinetic with IHC, same type of thing. Uh, so that people, the knowledge of it is just isn't out there. And, and it's so detailed, it's hard to, to go to one camp or to, so to say, to do it. I think you guys are doing it right. So,
1: um, one last thing, we we you know we franchise Top so it's it's kind of not everybody knows that. So this is for okay. Guys, and it's growing very fast. And I've even had to, for all the franchisees, I've had to create a terminology list because it is the hard part. The hard part yeah. is it's not we're trying to use words to confuse you. It's just when you when you develop a, a higher edge level of education of how movement works and all this, you have to have terms to define it. It's hard to define in layman's terms. So unfortunately, it is a point where people really just got to get do more studying on, on how this stuff works and, the, and how the, the foundations of biomechanics, if you really are going to be able to get up to speed on how to use methods like this or, or, or advance your abilities well above your genetic potential. And, and so it's hard to say, you don't have to do this. I think kids really need to do a better job of studying this stuff if they're going to be able to take advantage of
0: it. Dude, I, I totally agree. And, and, uh, this is why I, th- I knew that was kind of the basis of what you're talking about. I think there's a process. And if we're going to nerd out and put our kids through these stress, let's let's give them the proper tools to stay healthy. And then who knows, Get hit 95, 100 if we end up, you know, getting it, doing it right, because biokinetically, are, we get the most out of our body healthy. Yeah, so
1: and it's exciting to you know you, you have that opportunity, you have that potential that you might be able to get there, you know? Yeah.
0: And doing it healthy. So what? So what are? Uh, tell me your all your hand all the ways to get a hold of you if people are interested.
1: So anything to, at Top Velocity or Top Velocity, you, you pretty much will find us. We're all over social media on on the internet. Uh, you know, I mean, website, whatever. We got it all. Just just search Top okay. Velocity, you'll find us.
0: All right. Well, I I appreciate. It. I had fun. I'm, I'm. Hopefully, what's it would be fun to do another one with me, you, and David, and, and and talk about some stuff because I. I think there's a small little niche you can do more. Maybe we can well, do some fun it, out of.
1: And and David's gonna want to go more into pitch development. Like he, you know, pitch statistics, all the pitch data, like yeah he could, he could cover that whole end. Dude, that,
0: that might be a great idea. Yeah, that'd be cool. Cool. All right. Well, man, okay. thanks, I, man. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And and what you got going on is legit. I hope a lot of ball players go to it. I know I'll be pushing them because i I like hey. I like everything you got going on there.
1: Well thanks, man, and I'll share all this too. I appreciate you doing this and I'll promote any way you need it.
0: Likewise, thanks, my man. I appreciate it. All right, man.